When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So I know we got Webby, and I know Webby's holding on the line, but can I just talk about this story here? Yep. The uh, Aussie journalist, she works for the ABC, uh, Kirsten Drysdale. So she registered her, she had a new baby, and she's registered her name as Methamphetamine Rules just to showcase how stupid and what names get through. And that's six again. They've let that go through. They've let it go through. I can't can't get over this. So anyway, I just thought, I just thought that. So I'm going to, I'm naming my uh, daughter. My new, my new daughter. <laughs> but don't you think it's a bit weird that she used her own daughter yeah. to give boy, boy. a boy, son, to give a stupid name? Yeah, I know. Because of the whole process. To stick, to stick it to but the man. now it's your kid has that but name. you got to grow up like that. But they're going to change it back, surely. But it's this kid's going to have that story yeah. forever. It is a good story. Is it? Yeah. Speaking of good first. stories. Oh, you are What good. a segue. Uh, now we've got an SEN alumni. Obviously from uh, Sydney Morning Herald, and he's joining us now, Chief Sports <laughs> Rider, Andrew Webster. <laughs> <laughs> Webby, welcome to the run home. How are oh, you, brother? Thank, thank, that's some introduction. Just, can, you know the, uh, the last thing you said about the woman who changed her baby's name to meth- methamphetamine rules? Yes. I live in the King Cross area, as you know, Fletch. Yes. It, it rules a lot around here. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> I can imagine because her brother's uh, her, everywhere you look. I know her brother's uh, name is Ice's Grouse, which is <laughs> I found. That, I found that really, really odd. Uh, Webby, Webby, how have you been, brother? I know yes. you've got uh, you've been busy with your little dog running around. What's going on with that? And what sort of dog is he? Uh, it's a she. She, it, sorry. It's a she. She's um, she's a female. Uh, Blue Staffy. Okay. Named Stevie after Stevie Nicks from Fleetwood Mac. Right. Gotcha. It's okay. the most pathetic, tragic thing that I've ever done in my entire life. I'm just, I just don't, I'm, I'm worried about the guy that I've become. Really. I know. But you obviously love this uh, little do- dog because every time I look on your Instagram, he's running upstairs, <laughs> you're, you're, you're playing with it, you won't let him, I won't let her sleep in the bed. It's a she. It's a she. She. Oh, sorry, sorry. The pink collar. I should have gone away. How does he go? Because you live in a block of, you live in a block of units. Have you spoken to Strata? Is it legal? Are you, are you yeah, yeah. Honest? I had to get approval. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's um. She does. I've got to say, you know what she does though. She, she's really because she came from Acreage. She's very, um. She's very sensitive to noise. So the first time I got her, she's really timid. And I was watching the races, and I was yelling at the TV screen. <laughs> Go hear it, blah, 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 blah. And anyway, she doesn't like noise. She was like, no. she was very, very scared of the noise and the yelling. That might be a good Which way. Which isn't to... good when you're a bad punter. I know. I was about to say, that might be a good way to get off the punt. Yeah, and also, it's a nice way. If you, you might buy a book and just be reading a book, keep it nice and quiet. Oh, uh, Webby, segue. you like that? That's, that's back to back. Great segues, yeah. segues from us. Um, the Wolf You Need, Wayne Bennett, The Man, The Myth, The Mayhem, out now via Pan McMillan. Uh, Webby, tell us a little bit about the book, mate. Obviously, um, uh, Renowned uh, figure in in the game of rugby league. Tell us a little bit about Wayne Bennett, mate. So the reason why I went and did this book, guys, was just um, I like doing the books. This is my eighth book. Uh, and I was lined up and contracted to do another book midway through 2021. And uh, the publisher at the time said, well, who are you interested in? And there's so many 
interesting characters in the game. But in midway through 2021, it looked like Bennett was starting to turn the corner with South Sydney, and <clears throat> they look like they're going to win the comp. But I just wanted – I've always found him fascinating. He's such a complex guy, and I found out just how complex in the two years of writing and researching and interviewing him and a whole stack of other people for this book. Um, but I just think his story and his longevity I was really interested in. Like, I don't know how a bloke who's had 50 seasons of coaching young young blokes still manages to connect with them and, and mm. gets, gets all the success that he can get. So, Webby, did, did you know him that well before you started interviewing him? Yeah, reasonably well. I, I dealt with him just through work, through yeah. the Herald um, <clears throat> and the Telegraph when I was there. Um, <clears throat> Fletch for a while, but I didn't um, – look, we, we certainly we, – we weren't – let's put it this way. We weren't, I'm not as close to Wayne as Peter Bedell or Ben Dobbin or some of the, like those guys. Like he's got some real close allies in the media. I'm certainly wasn't one of them. But um, I think, you know, I, I like to think I got a hell of a lot out of him. I got more out of Bennett than um, than almost anybody. It was, uh, it, was a, it was a strange process, but uh, happy with all the – like he didn't dodge a question. He didn't block anyone from, from talking to me. So Wayne's responsible for this book coming out as it has really so, as much as anybody. But you said it took two years, um, the process of intervie- interviewing. Did it – like after a year, did he open up or from day one, he just said, right, I'm going to just, it's warts and all. <clears throat> from day one, he was really good, mm. Fletch. He really was. So I went up to his farm at, uh, near Warwick and sat down with him uh, up there. He was in his, he was in his jammy jams, which was <laughs> interesting. He was in his pyjamas when I turned up and he stayed in them the whole time. But it was, <laughs> it was weird. We just sat there with the tape recorder going and, and Wayne's like, if you talk to him away from, when it's not when he's not in front of a, a camera or a journalist, he's quite dry and he can be quite open and quite quite fun to talk to and he can be quite expansive. But I, I found when he was talking to me, he sometimes he'd like know that he'd given so much and he'd pull himself back mm. and say, "Oh, I don't want to, I, I don't want to give that much to myself." But there were times there where where he was in tears. It was a oh well, pretty cathartic. Yeah, it was a pretty cathartic sort of process for the uh, for the old fella. Yeah, Webby, um, being an ex-player myself and playing with a few uh, teammates that had been coached by Wayne. One of the biggest things I think is that there's a, his relationship with the media is obviously going to be completely different with the players, right? So did you feel, yeah. did you get that energy through talking to people um, on the other side of it? Like players, because every single player that, you know, I've played with that was coached by Wayne, they always talk about how it was less about footy. He wanted to know about the person. He wanted to know about their family. Did you get a whole heap of those stories, mate? A lot of those stories, Justin. That's that's sort of the main thrust of the the coaching part of it. Just how, just how he's got in, in his own special way. Like this is a bloke who doesn't drink, so he can't be like a, a sticky or or a bozo or whoever you know, or a Gus even to go and sit there and drink with his players. He, but he still goes out <clears throat> with the players um, after games. He still socialises with them. He he loves those Larrikin players more than anyone because, as he said, he could never be that type of person. So. Mm. That's why I find the interest. Like Alfie's Alan Langer's relationship with him is is a narrative all the way through the book. Just how close they've been over the years, and and, and I think Alfie gave me a great great quote. He said he gets pissed on the atmosphere. So I just think that's that's pretty incredible <laughs> for a bloke. I'll, I'll tell you what, wouldn't we all like to be like that? Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, absolutely, <laughs> wouldn't it? But I mean, it's just, it, it just to me that just shows that you know he's he's a bloke in his early seventies who can still. You know, rock and roll with young men that he that he coaches. Like that that's a, that's a pretty special thing to do. And Webby, what about his upbringing? I know that he had a pretty tough upbringing. What were some of the things you got out of him uh, re his childhood? 
Uh, a lot. I got a lot out of him, a lot, a lot out of his brother Bob and his um his sister Michelle. They were they were uh, invaluable too. But I didn't know this. But Wayne Wayne's father walked out on the family when he was twelve years old. Oh, and wow. Wayne was the eldest in Wayne was the eldest of the four kids. And if, as his sister said to me, Wayne really took it upon himself to be the father figure and make something of his life. And if they if he didn't, then they don't know where they'd be. The whole town of Warwick, as they said looked down their nose at them because they were they were they were poor they lived in housing commission the father walked out on them um it was and that was almost like a such a taboo thing in the the 1950s 1960s in queensland so yeah it was that that that's explored a lot in the book is that why you think you know look you you get the the kids that he's coached um who had tough upbringings and i know gordon has spoken about it before um that he sort of took a shining to those sort of kids from the wrong side of the track is that got? Is that now how um, explains it all? That's exactly how what I saw. Yeah. Like he just he 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 was giving. I've, I've got no doubt that he went into coaching to give all these young blokes something that he never had. So that's why he gravitated towards the likes of Neville Costigan or or Darius Boyd or or whoever. Yeah. Sam, like even Sam Burgess, when he went to South, he really gravitated towards Sam, whose yeah. father died of motor neurone disease, as we know. But the thing that Gordy said to me, which always stood out during our interview, which did go over several uh, hours, many, many yeah. hours. And how many schooners? <laughs> how many schooners? Be honest, be honest. Well, it got to the point It got to the point where I said, Gordy, I, when I was on the Gordy's back porch, and I said, Gordon, I have to go home now. And he goes, why? And I said, because we started at 11, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to go, I've got to go. But Gordy told me this great quote, and he said, I never fell under Wayne Bennett's spell because I had great parents. Mm. Oh, okay. Which is very telling, you know. So that's also a theme explored in this amazing book, The Wolfie Feast. Yes. Some really big names there, Webby, um, that you sat down and had a chat to. Anyone in particular uh, that – Gordy, you spent a little bit of time with him, but anyone that you know, sort of threw, thrown you off a little bit that you, you didn't expect uh, to have that sort of an effect on or maybe a lesser name that people might not be too familiar with but had a real I, effect on him? I, there's a – Russell Crowe, without sounding like I'm dropping names, Russell hmm. Crowe told me – he loves Wayne. He calls him Mr. Bennett. He's he really reveres him. But he told me a story that dur- during one of the off seasons when he was at South, he ended up in, you know, up at Russell's farm at Nanda Glen. And here he is with Lord Alan Sugar, who was obviously on The Apprentice and led the was the the star of The Apprentice, owned Tottenham Hotspurs. And here's Wayne Bennett, the bloke who came from nothing in Warwick, sitting back with Lord Alan Sugar and enjoying the time of his life. I found that really interesting. That just showed you. Just how far Wayne's probably come in his um, in his seventy years. Um, but I, I got Wally was really good. Wally opened right up. I went I met went and met Mal uh, Meninga in in Canberra. Mal uh, was very honest, and they obviously had words in two thousand and seventeen when Wayne was trying to become Australian coach ahead of him. Mm. But there's honestly there's so many that I've spoken to. I sort of I could go on for days. What, what, about, the, what about no. the name of the the book? Wolf, the Wolf You Feed. Who came up with that? The Wolf you feed. I came up with the, the head, the, the 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 name of the book. But um, so the Wolf you feeds an old Cherokee saying, an old Native Indian saying about the good wolf and the bad wolf, and the it's a pretty popular one. Um, and Wayne uses it on his team, but he also does it in all the cor- corporate speaking gigs that he does. And it's about the evil and the good in all, all of us. So I was, um, but in Wayne's case, it's about the coach and the man. Yeah. Which one he, which one dictates him from day to day. So thank, that was the metaphor that thank God, through the book. Yeah, thank God you didn't come up with the other one that I wanted to do, Two Dogs. Um, 
Uh, you know that. <laughs> why do you ask two dogs? <laughs> I, do know, I, do know, I do know that one. <laughs> after, after spending this, I'm this so much, glad you've <laughs> After spending this much time, uh, you know, with all the research for this book, can you now? Is there anything in particular that you take away from you know finishing this book that makes him the reason why he is so great, mate? I just think he's so driven. He's at the end of the day, like it's certainly not a love fest. This book at all. It's you know, it, it gets into how manipulative and how political Wayne can be. Like he's he's the best politician in the game. Mm. But the thing that I really admire about him, like, and I go into detail about his marriage breakdown. It's not a gossipy book, but it's how the rugby league community uh, uh, reacted to that is something that explore, is explored. But I just like the fact that he survives for so long. Yeah. With people mm. continually telling he's gonna, it's all about to, to fall away. And I know he's got his bad points, but at the end of the day, who's keeping score? You know. Now, Webby, he's signed with the Dolphins next year, isn't he? He's got one year yeah, he is. left. Do you see after you having sat down with him and you got to know him, do you think he will end up somewhere else as a head coach? Yes, I yeah. do. Yeah, I do. It wouldn't surprise me if he got linked to South. Mm. After and they'd the have him back. Start well. They'd have him back. Oh, uh, I think Russell would in a heartbeat. I yeah. don't know if others on the board would be that keen, but Russell's got the balance of power on the board. So whatever Russell wants usually happens. I wouldn't be surprised if things don't. You know, I, I wrote it a few weeks ago when the whole thing with Sam blew up. Like him and Sam are so tight. He said to me that he would have gone to South Sydney in 2012 if he had his time again. Um, just to coach Sam because they've gone on so well. So oh, well. I wouldn't be surprised if those two men are back there in some capacity yeah. in the future things don't go well for JD. All right, Webby, before we wrap this up, mate, any new projects coming up after this one's done and uh, you finish uh, getting through this book? Yes, lying on a beach in Fiji. Oh, <laughs> How Fiji, good. Thailand's our new go. What's well, not a new no, go? No, that's not us. That's yes, not it is. me. That's not me. Yes, no, it it's is. not. I love You've got to know yourself, Brian. Yeah. You have to know yourself. Have you ever had a red duck curry? <laughs> No. Oh, you haven't lived. And you what is re- that? What is, is that? What's that? Talk that's not a, no. That's not an analogy or a metaphor. <laughs> oh, <laughs> right. It's actually a dish. It's hard. Yeah. I never know. It's cute. Yeah. 